So there was a, a recent poll, a Gallup poll, that said that over half of Americans have at some point in time admitted that they have had feelings of intense loneliness. Not just feeling alone, but that feeling inside of intense loneliness. And I was thinking, well, that's obvious, right? This is a lonely world we live in. There's a lonely world, there's, there's lonely homes. Sometimes, tragically, there's lonely marriages. There's lonely neighborhoods. There's, sometimes people are lonely in church. And that's the last place I think you should ever feel lonely is in, in God's community of people, but sadly it's true. People are lonely in their singleness. If they happen to be single, there's maybe it was a divorce or, or a widow. There's that sense of loneliness that comes. And I read that a third of the popula adult population now in, in our culture in America, in the West, a third of the population is unmarried and never been married. And so by choice, people have, have chosen not to be married. People are lonely when they get older. They get lonely in aging. They're lonely leaders. Leadership can be a very lonely spot to be in. And most people handle loneliness by trying to avoid it, deny it, fill it with something you know, maybe it's bad relationship after bad relationship. Maybe it's, it's, it's drugs, alcohol, booze, food, whatever it is we can do to, I guess booze and alcohol are the same thing, but, you know, they, they, they try to numb it with whatever we can and feel that, get rid of that ache that can be in our heart. And maybe you're thinking to yourself this morning, I'm not lonely. I wish I had more time to be alone. That's Okay. You're going to go through a season of loneliness, a season of change that's going to that cause you to have that sense of loneliness as we're going to define it. And let me say this up front. The Bible is not a, it's not a sociology book and it's not a self-help psychology book. But the beauty of the Bible, the beauty of God's word is it does provide us with ultimate answers to our struggles it, it, it gives us remedies to our deepest problems, and one of them being, being a sense of loneliness. I'll give a, a working definition. This isn't on your notes, but what is loneliness? Loneliness is a feeling of isolation, separation, or distance from the relationships we were created for. Relationship with God relationship with one another. Every person in this room was created for deep relationships, and when we feel isolated or separated or a distance in those relationships, it hurts. It causes an emotional pain. There's an emptiness, an empty feeling. And loneliness, maybe even at its heart, maybe if it's in a marriage or if, if it's you know, in key relationships, is when you feel misunderstood and you feel unaccepted, there's a sense of loneliness. So loneliness is that feeling that you're yearning to be understood, yearning to be accepted. So we started last week this series, Seasons Change, and it was kind of church-wide. There was a devotional that started last Monday, and you can it's never too late to start. So everybody was reading through a devotional that was written not by me or, or Mark or or one of the pastors here, but it was written by you guys, several of the Novation folks that, that put this de devotion together. 
And um, we didn't purchase it from, from some Christian bookstore or whatever. We wanted our people to share about the different seasons of life. And that began this week. So if you were reading through, you've already been thinking about the season of loneliness. And well done to the team that put this together. Chris Ingalls and everybody that wrote, thank you guys so much. And our home groups are also talking about this. So there's a specific thing. There's home groups that, that happen Sunday through Thursday, I believe. So make, make it a point, if you can, to get involved in one of those, you'll go deeper and grow from this even more. But we're all going to go through a season of loneliness. And I want to read a text from 2 Timothy 4, where Paul, the apostle, he's, he's writing from a prison cell. Some, if you're new to Jesus, you're new to this whole Bible thing, church thing, the apostle Paul is probably, you know, this, outside of Jesus, the, the second most important person that, that to Christianity because of the way God used him. He was a man who needed Jesus. He didn't, he didn't walk on water and he didn't have a halo over his head. He needed to be redeemed like the rest of us. But God chose him and used him to uh, write a large portion of the New Testament. And what we're going to read from, he's in prison because he's doing what we're doing today. He's sharing the gospel and starting churches. And he goes to prison for that. Do you know that in the world today, there are people who it's illegal to, to follow Jesus. It's illegal to share your faith. And we forget that sometimes because of the freedoms that we get. And so Paul is, is uh, in prison and he writes a personal letter to his young protege, Timothy. And here's what he writes. He says, for I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also all who have longed for his appearing. So he realizes, in for a second here, I'm, I'm going to pause. He realizes that he's about to be martyred for his faith. He's about to be, Paul was beheaded at the hands of the Roman emperor for, for, what, for, for preaching the gospel. And so he realizes that this is about to happen. He's at the end of the road here. So he's alone. What would we be feeling knowing that the end was near? Paul says this. He says, do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. So obviously, this guy Demas, he deserted him. He, let, he left him alone, left him hanging. He's felt that sense of betrayal and, and rejection. Cretans has, has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychius to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. 
and I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. He goes on to greet, greet some of the other folks there, and he says, do your best to get here before winter. So I think from this passage, first of all, we can look at a couple things. What causes that sense of loneliness? If you're in a, a season of loneliness right now, or you have been, you're probably gonna identify with some of the things that Paul talked about. I would say the first one is this, life's transitions. We go through loneliness when we experience life's transitions. He says, the time of my departure is near. He knew he was about to die and go be with Jesus. So that, that's obviously a great transition. And I think when I was thinking of the seasons of life in each one of these, this life transition kind of reminds me of fall. Um, many people go up into the mountains and watch the leaves change color and, and you're preparing, fall is preparing for winter. And so there's a transition where it's no longer the, the great weather of summer and we're moving into to this season of fall. Well, life, I think, is like that. And when you go through a transition in life, it's kind of like your, your life is like a good book. Your life is like a story. And there's chapters in transitions. Every good book has transitions and things sometimes where you go, whoa, I didn't see that coming when you, when you read that book. And then the next chapter starts something different. Any major change that you go through in life, when you go through a major transition, it's gonna bring a sense of loneliness. I was thinking about when... Uh, just at the end of seventh grade for my life, uh, my parents decided to move back to Georgia. And they were all my, my parents were born there. My siblings were all born there. I was born in Colorado. So my brothers and sisters had all already graduated high school. And so at the end of seventh grade, my parents decided, let's go back to our roots. Let's go back to Georgia. My dad got a new job. And, and I remember packing up the U-Haul, you know, and driving all the way from, from Denver to Georgia and you know, been, saw places I'd never seen before. I remember in, in uh, I think it was Chattanooga, Tennessee, had the coolest fireworks stand you had ever seen. It was like pulling in the highway and it looked like, like you were driving into Vegas or something, but all around you was just fireworks store after fireworks store. And so there was some excitement going on and what, what's this gonna be like? And I remember showing up the first day for, that we started football practice before school and so I had all these new people who were wondering who, who am I? Because we moved to kind of a smaller town and, and who is this? And all, you've, you've been that before, right? You go to a new school, you go in a new situation. It's exciting but it's, it's lonely at the same time because people don't know you. When you go to a new school, a new job, maybe a new neighborhood. I was even thinking about this. Maybe it's a new church. Maybe some of you this morning, you're, you're checking out Novation. And you're thinking, hmm, is this gonna be, you know, God's calling us to a new place of fellowship, a new church. Maybe you've never even been to church before and this is your first experience. That can be lonely because it's like, well, what do they believe? Are they gonna be a bunch of weirdos? <laughs> what is this gonna be all about when it, when it comes to church? So I think this is true, and you can write this down. Change has a way of, of bringing a sense of gain for some and loss for others within the same season of change. Somebody's getting something new and somebody's giving something up every time there's a transition in life. That can breed loneliness. So if you're in a season of loneliness, maybe that's what's going on for you. The second thing I see from this passage what causes loneliness is relational separations. 
when you go through a relational separation, he says, Paul is asking Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly. Do your best to get here before winter, he said. So maybe there is a, a relational separation because of a job, because you have to travel, you moved, whatever it is. And to me, that kind of is like maybe the season of winter that you go through. Relationships go through a winter season sometimes, and it's, it can be lonely in itself. Um, on TV last night, the movie Castaway was on. How many watched that other? I saw like five minutes of it. <laughs> Great movie. And it's Tom Hanks plays a Fed, FedEx guy. He works for FedEx, and his plane ends up crashing on a uh, des deserted island. And I know I'm not ruining it for you because the movie's like 15 years old, so you get, get a clue if you haven't seen it yet, but you can rent it. The 15 year, he spends long period of time on this deserted island. And I, the scene that was kind of eerie at the beginning of the movie when he first crashed was, was when uh, he, was, he was crying out. He was like, hello, am I the only one here? Is anybody else here? I mean, he had this intense feeling of separation. And in the story, he was going to get married and he was in love. And all of a sudden he finds himself completely by himself. Here's a thought I want you to have about this. If you're, the reason we experience loneliness and relational separations is this. Here's the truth. Jesus is all you need. That's true. He is all you need. However, a big part of how he meets your need of him is through others. There's this paradox in relationships. Because all I need is Jesus, just me and Jesus. I've heard Christians say that before. No, that's actually not very biblical. We were created for community. We were created uh, to have relationships with God and one another. When it, in the very beginning, in Genesis 2.18, it is not good that man should be alone. Obviously, that's marriage, Adam and Eve coming together. And you, if you think about that passage, God had created and he called everything good. This one thing that he didn't call good was the fact that he knew Adam was alone and that he, he was created for relationship. We were created for community. If you're kind of new to the Novation community, we really value relationships. We believe with all our heart that God created us for community, that it's best to do life together. It's best to enjoy life together, to suffer together, to go through the difficulties of life together. I mean, it's a good, good question to ask yourself. If a tragedy happened in your life, who would be the people you call? Who would be the people that you would call? You have that person that is in that, that group of people that would be your community. Well, that's what we're here for to be here for, for one another. There's a couple simple causes for relational separation with people. It could be conflict, it can be your job, it can be travel, moving, just the busyness of life. We are so busy in this day and age. But I wanted to highlight the conflict one. Maybe today you're experiencing loneliness because you're, you've, you've experienced conflict with somebody. And that conflict is unresolved and in need of forgiveness. And God is, is challenging you. He's using loneliness to bring you back together because God's will is always that we forgive one another and that we move forward together and, and uh, bri you know, bridge that gap that was there. Then there's causes of relational separation from God, though. It's your disobedience. My disobedience causes me to feel separated from God. Dis, maybe, maybe you're disappointed with God. Maybe God hasn't uh, 
you feel kept up what he said he was gonna do or he hasn't been on time for you or whatever and you feel separated from him because of your disappointments. And I'll tell you this, I come, I'm gonna harp on this. Maybe you feel lonely towards God or separated from God because you're lacking community. God, you experience the presence of God when you're around other believers. That's, that's just a fact. I mean, we, we experience his presence corporately together in our relationships, our accountability with one another. That's the importance of, of being part of a church. We often say this around Novation, that we're, we don't go to church, we are the church. We, we are to be the church. But in order to be the church, you gotta be with the church. <laughs> you know, to, to be the church, you gotta be with the church. And so we don't do this on our own. And then another reason that we experience loneliness is, is we experience opposition. Maybe you're experiencing some opposition in your life. Maybe you've been criticized. Maybe you've been embarrassed. Maybe you've been singled out. And that made me think of spring. And forgive me for the corny, cheesy, bring the, the fall, winter, spring, but it was the way my mind is thinking in this. The, the, the springtime in Colorado, was this not the craziest spring we've ever had? I mean, spring in Colorado, it could be 80 degrees and it could be 40 and snowing, right? We know that. But this last year, it was like springtime and summer were fighting, man. There was an opposition. It, 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 it rained all the way into June and the hail and the thunderstorms every day. It was like this opposition was going on. Well, we, that can happen in our lives relationally when we experience that. And Paul experienced it when he said that Alexander, the metal worker, did him a great deal of harm. He said that he strongly opposed our message. And we don't know for sure what, what happened here, but whatever it did, it hurt Paul. It hurt him. And when you go through an opposition, when you go through this relationally, there's a temptation to build a wall. You're gonna be tempted to build walls emotionally and relationally around you, but what does that always do? It makes you more lonely. The more walls you build up because of opposition, unforgiveness, bitterness, whatever it is, it actually makes you feel more lonely. And so God is challenging all of us through the spirit and through, through love to bring down those walls, open our hearts up and walk through this, those things together. And then lastly, I think uh, we experience loneliness because of rejection, hurtful rejection. Loneliness that's caused by rejection and betrayal, I don't know if there's a tougher thing to go through in life. I don't know if there's a bigger, a more hurtful source of loneliness. The most difficult is, is rejection and betrayal by people who we love and trust. Man, that hurts when you go through something like that. Paul said that no one came to his support, but everyone deserted him. Paul was going before the courts and no one stood. They just let him go off by himself. And, and, he, and he felt that desertion in, in his heart and in his key relationships. It made me think about Jesus. You know, on the night he was betrayed, how did all his disciples talk? They talked a big talk. Hey, we'll go to battle for you, whatever it is, if we have to die. And then as soon as, as the, the, you know, Jesus was arrested, they scattered everywhere. Jesus stood there by himself. Paul experienced a little bit of that. And, and I, I don't know about you, but to me, you know what, your, your worldview is your set of lenses in which you interpret life from. 
You know, you interpret good, bad, love, relationships, you know, purpose, all of that stuff is your worldview. And it's the set of lenses in which you, you interpret life from. I think in life, when life happens such as an accident, as bad as an accident hurts, we, we have a peg that we can hang an accident on. Say, so you know what? This happens. Or sickness or a financial problem. We have pegs that we can hang that on and go, yep, that, I can, even though that hurts, I can, I can relate to that. I understand that. We don't have a peg for betrayal. There's not a peg that we say, you know, this makes sense. You know, this person whom I gave my whole life to, who I'm entrusting myself deep, deeply to, betrays me. There's not a whole lot of room in your worldview for that. And it hurts. It hurts like, like nothing else. So how do we get through a season of loneliness? For, if you're in this season yourself, how are we going to not just get through it, but I think God wants us to grow through the season of loneliness. First of all, I think Paul gives us some examples when he says, uh, he says, when you come to me, bring the cloak I left you at, at, at Carpus. Bring me my coat, bring me my books. In other words, I want to keep myself productive. So if you're in a season of loneliness, keep yourself productive. That's what Paul wanted to do. When you're lonely, and I've seen this in, in 20-something years of ministry and following Jesus, that when people get lonely, they tend to check out. They tend to not take care of themselves, emotionally, relationally, sometimes even physically. When people get deep, you know, depressed because they're lonely, they tend to just check out and not take care of themselves. And, and, and Paul could have gone that way. He could have gone the way of, of being a victim. He could have gone the way of feeling sorry for himself, disappointed in God. And yet, Paul saw this. He figured, if I'm going to be sitting here in prison, A, bring me my coat because it's cold, right? That's practical. But he says, bring me my books. And do you know that Paul wrote three quarters of the New Testament? And a large portion of that happened when he was in prison. So he was in prison for his faith. He was going to be productive. And so inspired by the Holy Spirit, Paul pens these letters, these things that we get to read and grow from because he went through this difficult season of loneliness. Paul was a go-go guy all the time. He was, let's go take this new area. Let's go preach the gospel in the farthest places. Let's go, let's go. Let's plant more churches. And this time in prison actually caused him to slow down and pen the New Testament. That's, so in your life, in your season of loneliness, stay productive. Don't let it, it cause you to, to get unproductive and so self-focused that you lose focus of what you're supposed to be about and what you could be doing. Second thing I would tell you is this, if you're gonna grow and get through a season of loneliness, keep your heart open. Keep your heart open. He says, everyone deserted me. Now he could have stopped there and said, Psh, Everyone deserted me, jerks. He didn't, though. He said, everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. That's the secret. May it not be held against them. Again, made me think of Jesus. Remember when Jesus was on the cross and people are mocking him and they're insulting him and all that. I mean, he was just humiliated, utterly humiliated. He experienced humiliation that we'll never even come close to. And when he was on the cross, he, he cried out. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. 
And I, I thought, well, how do you do that? You know, well, he's Jesus. And he knew he, it just that same spirit of forgiveness. May it not be held against him. Remember Stephen, the first martyr, when he was stoned to death for preaching Jesus? You know, he said, Father, may this not be held against them. So every person that seems to be martyred in the Bible that we see has the spirit of, Father, don't hold this against them. They, they didn't get mad and, 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 and frustrated and call back curses on them, but they didn't retaliate. When they were struck, love came out of them. And so that's so true of what Paul's trying to say here. So if you're in a season of, of loneliness, maybe because somebody rejected you, let this season make you more like Jesus. Let this make you more like Jesus. Jesus understands your loneliness more than you could ever dream. He understands loneliness. When he was on the cross, please get this, when he was on the cross, he bore our sin. And he had experienced perfect fellowship with his father from eternity past. Jesus is God. When he came in human form, he took on an additional nature of humanity. But he had, and even when he walked this earth, he was always in perfect fellowship with his father through the spirit. And as he walked hung on the cross when he bore our sin, when he was our substitute, when God poured out his wrath against sin on Jesus, he experienced separation from his father for the very first time. He experienced hell on the cross for us. And that loneliness of hell he experienced in the depths of who he was and he cried out and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Here's Jesus in his humanity why have you forsaken me? He experienced the worst kind of loneliness so that you and I wouldn't have to. Let that sink in. He experienced the worst loneliness so that we wouldn't have to experience it. If you would turn away from, from a life of, of pursuing your own gain and pursuing a life that's all about you and, and, and just pursuing after flesh and pursuing after me, yourself, you can gain an eternal life with him. He did that for you. That's got to sink deep down into our hearts. So there is no room for bitterness and unforgiveness for the follower of Jesus. There is no room for that. When he cried out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing, he wants us to model that in our life. So keep your heart open. When you let bitterness become a, a root in your life and unforgiveness, it's going to make you 10 times lonelier anyway. And it just makes things worse. But when you can forgive somebody and you can take them to, to the cross and say, Lord, you forgave all my sin. Who am I to hold somebody else's sin against them? You'll see a real change in your life, first of all, in your relationship with him. Forgive as Christ forgave you, Paul said. Then keep your eyes on Jesus. If you're gonna grow through a season, you gotta keep your eyes on him. In other words, remember his presence. We have the presence of Jesus with us always. Paul said, the Lord stood by my side and he gave me strength. I know there's testimony after testimony, story after story of people in this community of believers that have experienced the Lord standing by their side in a test, the Lord standing by your side in a difficult set of circumstances. And I love that. Loneliness can actually be an opportunity for us to get better acquainted with God. 
And that actually, that's looking for the good in every situation. Here's a truth I want you to hold on to. You will go through lonely times in your life, but you'll never be alone if you have Jesus. We're all gonna go through lonely times. That's just a fact because of circumstances sometimes beyond our, our capacity and things that we don't even understand, but you're never gonna walk alone. You never walk alone when you have Jesus. Jesus never said that we would never go through difficulties, that we would never go through loneliness, but he did promise that we would never be alone. It's a beautiful thing. And then I would say this. If you're gonna grow and get through a season of loneliness, keep your focus on your purpose. Keep your focus on your purpose. I'll give you an example. Maybe you're lonely in your marriage right now. There's, just a, there's, there's difficulty in your relationship. And you're raising kids together, or maybe you're not. Whatever the situation is, stay focused on your vows. Stay focused on what God wants to work in and through your life in a difficult winter season of your marriage, a difficult season of any relationship. Stay focused on that. Don't let loneliness distract you from why God created you and redeemed you in the first place. Paul understood this. He, he said his purpose was that the message that through him, the message might be fully proclaimed and the Gentiles might hear it. I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Paul knew what his purpose and calling was. And it's important that you, purpose and calling isn't just for pastors and missionaries. Purpose and calling is every person who follows Jesus to understand why did God create me and why did he redeem me? That doesn't, it's not your vocation. It's not what you do for employment or or earning a living. It's your life itself, having a relationship with God. We're told in scripture that that the greatest commandment is love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We were all created for that. Your calling is the unique way that God wants you to express Love for him and love for people. We're not, we don't all have the exact same, same calling, but Paul understood this and it kept him focused in a season of loneliness. You're gonna, you know, people who go on the mission field and that seems so radical and so glamorous sometimes to us at home and we think, wow, they're really doing it. Ask them how lonely they are out there on the mission field. <laughs> When you talk to, to Rusty and Kristen McClanahan, who are our missionary friends in, in Mozambique, ask them how lonely it has been and the depths of, of under, but they have to keep their, their focus on their purpose. All of us have to keep focus of that. And it's important that we understand that um, today. So um, I've asked Kelly to come out here. You know her as Kelly Steele, whom she plays on the hit. No, I'm just kidding, that was dumb. Um, Kelly is good, good friend of Novation. So would you give Kelly a, a, a little warm hand this morning? You can. <laughs> Kelly's been, been part of, of Novation from day one. We went to high school together. So, um, and she, uh, I, I was talking with her this week and I thought she's lived this out and you need to hear a little bit of her story, I know it's gonna bless and encourage you um, this morning as you hear a little bit of how she's had to live through difficult seasons of life for sure and how the Lord has, 
has really helped her. She has two amazing daughters and got to go on a mission trip with Ryan and Shay. They went to the Dominican trip, and those of us that got to know them even better, it was awesome. You guys have a, have a great family. But let me ask you a question, Kelly. Sure. Uh, being a single mom in the truest sense of the word, there is no other parent for you. How has, how has God sustained you through a season of loneliness and being a single parent? How has he sustained you? He sustains me in every way. I mean, honestly. Um, right now, uh, loneliness is almost a prayer of mine. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being lonely. Um, it's very busy. But it is definitely a season. And um, all glory and honor to him. He, in my lonely times, I think that's when I was trying to handle it all on my own, and I was separate from God, and I wasn't calling on Him. Um, I wasn't appreciating or honoring His sovereignty. And I think um, in those moments of loneliness, it was an opportunity, as you said, um, to grow closer to Him. So I've learned over the past, because understand, you know, this is my 12th year of being a single parent, and, um, the girls, unfortunately, lost their father just a couple of years ago. And so it's been a process, and I haven't um, looked at, my perspective has had to change. I mean, and in many ways, um, the thought of loneliness has been a, a paradigm shift for me because now I almost um, pray for those moments of weakness and um, loneliness so that I can turn to God and listen. Because in this life of busyness, as we all know, I mean, you tend to wing it. Um, we tend to try to do things on our own and control our own situations, and that's not how it is. It's, he has put me exactly where I should be, and every step that I've taken to get there has been his purpose, his will. What's the hardest part about being a single parent for you? Um, well, first of all, there's a lot of joy in it. I mean, I have to say that I have been blessed far more than I deserve. I mean, I think my, again, it's perspective and attitude, but I believe that being a parent is a privilege and that children are are gifts from God, and actually, they're kind of borrowed. Um, <laughs> they are God's children, and we are called to raise them. So, being a single parent, um, it has its challenges, but it's the rewards are far more um, because you do have to take responsibility, but you also get to reap the rewards as well. So it's kind of I don't have to share that part. But then when they're acting up and being weird or selfish, then I can't blame anyone either. So Teenagers are weird? Yes. At oh, least okay. one of Just my kidding. two children are here today, <laughs> and they do appreciate me. Yeah. <laughs> um, what has being part of this church family meant to you in this season of life? Well, Scott, you know it's definitely been godsend that I'm here at Novation. Um, I prayed for this, and I remember it was on a Tuesday morning. Um, I was praying to put us within a family um, that we could um, truly 
community with and feel a part of and that the, the kids would be excited to go to and feel comfortable going to. And on that Friday, I think you contacted me via LinkedIn with your new position here and the rest is history. But this family has been so important to me and I have to, I have to let Single parenting, I mean, it, it can be very lonely, and, and one of the loneliest places can be church because you're reminded constantly of family, and you see what a true family looks like. Okay, this is how we perceive things, again. But um, it can be very intimidating. I have friends that are single, um, parents that just won't go to a church because they're intimidated by, by that family and, and feeling guilty that they've divorced and that kind of thing. It's, it's, they need Jesus. They need a church like Novation. And Novation has always been a place that has been welcoming to us. And I've got several people here that can listen to me, um, you know, all my mistakes and, and encourage me that I'm not the only one. Um, that has these questions and, and they've shared their challenges with me and it makes me kind of breathe a, a sigh of relief that uh, I'm not the only one and, and again, all glory to God. He'll, he'll get our, he'll set me straight. <laughs> Last thing I wanted to ask you was how, how has for you, and we talked about this the other day, but staying focused on God's purpose for you to love your kids, raise your kids, provide for them, being a, growing yourself as a follower of Jesus. How has that kept you through, like what you were just saying, you see other people that are married and they have, there's a, an in-house strength that comes with that relationship. I mean, that's biblically, we hope that's what's happening, right? But, right. but for, for you, how has that kept you staying focused on, listen, this is what I gotta do. This is where I'm at in life. This is the cross I, I am called to bear. How has that kept you through potential lonely, loneliness in your life? Well, first of all, I mean, focusing on these girls, and I mean, you're raising human beings here, and you hope to raise them to be godly, compassionate, um, productive citizens, and in the kingdom of Christ as well. Um, I feel that keeping, I mean, first of all, the focus is, is getting them just raised and educated and, and um, stable, and that's busy. So, I mean, I don't have time to be lonely right now between working and raising them. And they're two teenage daughters right now, neither of which are of driving age yet. So you can imagine um, I'm in my car a lot, driving everywhere from activity to activity. Um, so the focus for me to start my day off in um, prayer and worship with Jesus he sets me straight every day, and there's days that he has to peel me out of the bed. Um, but, and I pray, one of the first verses that I learned um, early on was First Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 through 18, I think, and it's, be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for that is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that sticks with me, and I have to say, um, in my effort to be obedient, I recall that several times during a day. And it's, I need God every minute. There's no doubt. I am 
know better than anyone out there. And again, all glory to him. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. You stay up here with us. You stay here. Let's take a minute. Think of somebody. Let somebody come to your mind right now that you know is lonely. All right? Just let God bring somebody to your mind. You can close your eyes, whatever you need to do. But let God bring somebody who you know is hurting and who's lonely. We're going to lift them to the Lord. God, we pray for the people that you have brought to our mind. Um, You know exactly where they are and what they're going through. And Lord, you are the answer. You've promised that you're close to the brokenhearted, those who are crushed in spirit. Lord, may these people that, that we're lifting up to you, may they experience you, Lord Jesus. Lord, from the guy or the gal that don't know you as who you are and that you created them with purpose and redeemed them, may they come to know you first as Savior and follow you as Lord. And then, God, enter into that deep relationship with you and then have relationship with your church family and and so on, Lord. Just touch them and bless them. Father, I pray for those in this room that are in a season of loneliness themselves. For whatever reason it is, God, um, I pray for a tangible sense of your presence. Lord, instead of pessimism, let there be optimistic faith and hope rise up in everyone this morning because of you, Jesus. Lord, we have so much to be thankful for. And there's so much to do, God. There's so many people to be reached and so much that, Lord, it almost seems overwhelming. So help us not to to focus on that, but to focus on what you've called us to do and who's around us right now and those whom we can help um, in their season of loneliness, God. I pray you would continue to bond us together deeper as a church community. Um, God, I pray where there's relational conflict within this room, Lord, there would be forgiveness and an allowance for one another's faults and, and struggles. And, and uh, God, we would work it out and, and, and bring you glory and honor. So God, thank you. God, I thank you for every person in this room that was brand new with us this morning. May they sense your heart for them and, and your heart of what's going on here in, in, in Novation. And we pray to bring you glory and honor in what we, how we thank, act, and speak with one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you.